Top Shelf Fantasy. All right, week 13 coming at you. We got me, Corey Dows, and a book burner guest, Ryan Balnelli, on with us today. Baldy, how's it going? Doing well, boys. How we doing? Good. And uh, what's it? Six o'clock there? Six thirty? Or is it? It's a three-hour difference. Three-hour difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. So it's yeah, about thirty-five. Five thirty. Checking in. Checking in from San Diego, California. Yep. First time out west. Uh, not first time out west. Been to Seattle, Arizona, Vegas, Cali before. First time in San Diego, though. Nice. San Diego is no. probably the best state or the best uh, city in the, in the union. We talked about that before you got on the pod. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Love it. It's the, the only city that's not trash. <laughs> Quite literally. Quite yeah. literally. But yeah, um, podcast 231, December 2nd. com. I got the start sits article up there already. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Topshop, FNTSY. Um, and of course, Jock Market use the code TSF for a hundred percent match up to one hundred dollars. Um, yeah, that's about it for you know the uh, social plugs. T- TikTok's not r- really a thing anymore, so uh, yeah. don't we got one ahead. off. And- <laughs> that was about it. Uh, Week one, yeah. but it is what it is. Um, yeah, we're gonna start start with some news, um, some recap of, of Thursday night games. The the Patriots. Got whooped by the Bills. Started off pretty good, though. You know, the big touchdown pass to, uh, was it Marcus Jones? Yeah, the uh, the, the cornerback. And then the big run, yeah, which. He is fast. He's fast, but, like, he, I forget who said it. It might have been Greg Bedard on, on Sports Talk. He was just, like, really cool play, really inventive. He threw it to Marcus Jones, and he scored a touchdown, showed his athleticism. How about we throw it to the super fast guy that we drafted this year that plays that position? Taekwon <laughs> Thornton. Like, well, could we, you know, maybe try that out? But whatever. I mean, that worked. At yeah, least but it, something. Could, it could have been like no one thought he would get the ball. If Taekwon's there, boom, they're going to be like, all right, let's, you know, focus on Taekwon. Anyways, great play. I was like, boom, we got this, or at least we're very close. And that was it. That yeah, was the first time we scored, in, and that was the first quarter. I'll let you guys talk about more of the game. I know Matt Mac Jones, you, we saw the video of him yelling on the sideline, like, let me throw the fucking ball, all this shit. Yep. I mean, Matt Patricia's just a fucking joke. Yeah, I think that's exactly it, too. So, the, like, the players get a lot of the blame for the lack of production on the field. And, you know, they have probably their fair share of it to, to take on their own shoulders as well. But I think at the end of the day, it boils down to the play calling. And it's just this like east west sideline to sideline string it out wide offense that Matt Patricia keeps trying to run that just it's woefully ineffective like we're not moving the ball forward we're not ending up in manageable second downs or or third and short it seems like it's always third and seven or yes. you know sometimes it's third and 18 and we're getting just barely enough yardage to make it like a fourth and one and then the the drive stalls out i mean you can't bury yourself with these long third down conversions I think, yeah, it starts from the top. The play calling Matt Patricia needs to figure out how to coach an NFL offense, and uh, you kind of have to go from there, I suppose. Yeah. Um, 
You're right, though, with the third and six, third and seven all the time, it's just frustrating in a game where they didn't have Elam, they didn't have Vaughn Miller. That's a time to attack. Right. And we didn't we didn't do it. Yeah. And you, you see it like every week we get into the third quarter, the late third quarter, maybe the fourth quarter, and then they open it up a bit and they start throwing the ball. And it looks like the stuff is there. And, and whether that's because the defense has taken the foot off the, the, you know, off the pressure here because we're down by 14 points or more. Maybe that does have something to do with it. But in any case, it's there. Like, why don't we at least try it at some point? You know, and they had one nice out route to Devontae Parker. I think it might have been in the second quarter. Yeah, and they stopped and doing that. They Yeah, and he got hit early by the by the defensive back. The guy was there probably four seconds early, draped all over him, and then he caught the ball still, but he was out of bounds. It's like, all right, well, just because the play didn't actually result in, you know, a gain of yards doesn't mean the play was broken. Like, we have no problem calling a halfback draw or uh, the same wide receiver screen or, you know, dump it off to the running back a hundred times a game. But for some reason, the one time a pass downfield doesn't work, we just scrap it from the playbook. And I, I don't understand that. So who knows? Not me, not anybody on the Patriots coaching staff, apparently, because we can't figure it out. It's been 13 weeks of this. Yeah. If I could chime in on that, I mean, listening to you guys talk about that, it gets me thinking about other teams who are successful. And I think the Patriots mainly have had the identity of running the football. And with Harris and uh, Stevenson, I think they've done decent at that for the most part. My problem with the passing game is the line's not great. Mac Jones is not a mobile quarterback, and they don't have an alpha dog on the outside to attract anybody, whether it's deep ball or, you know, it's a, a Diggs type of guy, a T Higgins type of guy, a CD lamb, you know, you name it. Um, we don't have it. And I think it makes it difficult to be able to, to do, to do those things. And he tries to run that like Brady style offense, the dink and dunks, you know, when we don't have the line and don't have the guys and it doesn't seem to, to manifest in anything. Like you watch Buffalo play offense and it just looks easy. And oh, you yeah. watch the pass play <laughs> offense, and it's like every snap's a struggle. And you know, even and when I, we get a first down, it's like, phew, how the fuck yeah. do we do that? It, Honestly. For real. I and mean, it's like, for yeah. real. even yesterday was 14 first downs. Like the NFL average is over 20. And a game. lot of those are like Stevenson getting six yards on a third and six that they're like, right. hey, we're going to give up. Oh, actually, he got a first down. Yeah. And, and I mean, like Baldy said, when you look at the Buffalo offense play, it just looks like they have figured it out. And Part of that, again, to your point, is a Stefan Diggs is out there and the Pats go too high shell, man coverage underneath. Okay, you have to take the check down. They throw it to James Cook for, you know, six to eight yard gain on first down or second down. And then they've got a manageable third down where Josh Allen is a mobile quarterback and can run it all the time if need be. But mm -hmm. the Pats offense doesn't operate that way because we don't have the personnel. And I got bad news for you. We're not going to have the personnel at any time in the near future. Because the best receiver going into free agency is Jacoby Myers, and he's already on our team. So yeah. there's there's no upside other than you snag uh, you know a lights out wide receiver in the draft. And historically, the Patriots have not done that. We took Tyquan Thornton, who has four catches Be on the year, and before we took before George Pickens too, uh, right? So we could add George Pickens, which is mind blowing. Yeah, we could and add DK Metcalf as well. <laughs> I was just going to oh, say, let's not even go yeah. all the well, way back. Yeah, to, if we go back yeah, to, to, go back to that draft, you could have 18 yeah. players that put yeah. up stats. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's a long a long time coming, I think. This this lack of success has been built upon 
you know, years of a degrading, decaying offense that just has finally reached its its final uh, dying breath. And I don't know if it's a personnel issue anymore, though. I, I think if you had better play calls, you might have better production from the guys that we can put on the field. It's just that this system that we have magically drawn up for, for no real reason that we changed from last year to this year just doesn't work. I mean, last year we had an offense that clicked and scored near the top of the league in points per game. And then this year with the same, almost same exact personnel can't do it. I, I mean, I, I, I don't understand. A lot of it comes down. I think a lot of it comes down to the coordinators. You, yeah, I agree. You, know, you have yeah. judge and Patricia and Patricia is a, I mean, he's calling the plays. He's a defensive coach. Yep. He's a solid defensive coach, but he's not a creative offensive play caller. I don't trust that he can make, you know, quality adjustments like McDaniels could to throw wrinkles in to try to get things changed up and um, the creativity to, to work with different types of personnel. He just can't do it. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like he has any ability to make like an an in-game adjustment and take advantage of what the defense is giving you or scheme something up to just, to, to get anything going. I mean, it's just so inconsistent though. We had one play that Marcus Jones touched on. And beside that, I was just woefully unimpressed. And to go back to another point you made, Baldy was about the offensive line. I mean, Mac Jones has two and a half seconds max before he's scrambling around back there, just trying to stay on his feet. And for a guy who's not mobile, trying to make something happen while he's, you know, running sideline to sideline is, is never going to be the recipe for success for him. So you go back, you go, oh, well, who's the Patriots offensive line coach? Well, we don't really have one. And again, it boils down to Matt Patricia is operating as the senior assistant offensive line specialist. So the two positions or the two roles that he's asked to fill are the two biggest deficiencies on the team, offensive line and the offense as a whole. So <laughs> at, at what point does this guy have to go into you know his boss's office on Monday morning and say, yeah, I'm not suited for this position I've been given? He gets a paycheck, though. So he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, he should. Um, on the <laughs> on the, the the opposite side, um, James Cook had a breakout game. He looked great. I know Singletary stole the goal line t- touchdown to destroy my set of Singletary, but Cook looked. I mean, he's this guy's fast as shit. Yeah, he's fast, and what I like just as much, if not more, is that he's decisive. Like he, you saw him more often than not. He had a couple runs where he kind of Trent Richardson it and 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 missed the right hole, but. That's going to happen through the course of a game. But more often than not, he saw a hole, he hit it, and he ran through it, and he picked up what he could. Whether it was four yards or whether it was six yards, whatever it, whatever it was that was there, he took it. And, I mean, I think that's evidenced by a 14-carry, 64-yard performance, which is just over four and a half yards a carry. But then he also took what I talked about earlier, the, those six catches he had for 40-plus 40, 40 yards, where the entire defense is in man coverage. So he's matched up on a linebacker. They got uh, two high safeties and everybody else is covered. So Josh Allen goes, well, here's six yards on first down. Nice and easy. You know, if you get six to seven yards on first down and then second down, James Cook can run the ball for three or four. Well, boom, for either you already have a first down or you have a very, very manageable third. And I mean, if that's what they're going to do and it's going to work, I don't see a lot of teams being able to stop that because they have the personnel to, to do it pretty much without fail. Yeah, it's still weird that they traded for Naheen Hines with a certain to use cook. But yeah, I don't really get that either. I guess. Singletary, Singletary hasn't been bad either. No. I mean, 13 for 51 is just under four uh, four yards of carry, just barely. So yep. I would say 
if he can produce that and James Cook can handle some passing work, which I think we've seen uh, Singletary struggle with is, is out of the passing game. They got a really, really good one-two punch. And we even saw Naheem Hines. Um, he had a big 21-year catch in the yeah. first quarter. Yeah, even I thought it was first. I thought it was Matt Breida, and then I was like, "Wait, he's not there he anymore." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was at the stadium yelling, "Matt Breida sucks!" And then I was like, "Wait, he minds such but, an idiot." But I'm, st- I'm still not wrong. Matt Breida does suck. <laughs> All right, mo- moving on from our dreadful Patriots. Um, Jimmy G hints at Jordan Mason's increased role, but CMC expects to have a full w- workload. Um. I think it's blowing smoke. I mean, Jordan Mason has been on special teams more often than not. Usually guy on special teams isn't going to come out and be, you know, get an increased role that much. Yeah. They'll probably dress Tevin Coleman, did, did Davis prices there. But if CMC is a full workload, that's great. I don't want to start anyone else. Elijah Mitchell's was the 1B there. And when he was the 1B there, he's giving you five to six points a week with 50% snap share. These guys aren't even going to get that. So there's no point right. to even start Mason or Coleman or Davis Price. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I I think it's smoke. Yeah, I do think um, that Jordan Mason could have, you know, a massively increased role from what he's had lately, which, like you said, is special teams. You know, he can go take the Elijah Mitchell role and then his role, yeah, is is very, very expanded. But okay, that's eight or nine carries, and he's not going to do what Elijah Mitchell did with them. More than likely, he doesn't have that mm-hmm. that skill set, that talent, really, or that NFL experience to, to make it happen. So, um, yeah, I, I think it maybe it's a little bit of both. Uh, but if CMC says he's going to be at full health and get a full to be the only running back worth starting, I don't see Jordan Mason being a guy that you can flex this week. Yeah, that was cut off a little bit, but not too bad. Dang it. It's it's at least once or twice a, a pod, but um, yeah, uh, Jameson Williams could play this Sunday, make his debut. I know it's up in the air. It's a tall task. The coach says, I just want to see it. If you're going to play him, play him. If you're not going to play him in all the season, just tell us now. Let us dr- be able to to drop him. But I mean, I doubt he plays. Is they like they they said it's like pretty much he's not going to play. It's very probably a twenty percent chance he will play. I just want to yeah. see him out there. Yeah, I'd like to see him out there. Um, the fact that they're still toying around with the idea of, of playing him seems like it's coming at some point. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, I don't know that you can start him until you see him and see what his role right. is and see what he can produce. Right. So it's more of just like a, we're still sitting at wait and see. Um, I don't know. Which is which is what you want. Like Again, you aren't playing this week. You want to see it. Then you play in week 14. But he comes in a new week... 14 you're not going to play in week 14 you gotta wait for week 15 so you want it sooner than later because if not you're like oh shit do i start him in the first round of my playoffs probably right (laughs) and it's it's so troubling because okay he goes out this week and he scores let's say six points i'm not i'm not playing him the next week that's not enough okay he scores 20 points do i think he's gonna do it again i don't know (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah you'd hope so yep um in crazier news, AB in stand up with the cops. That was last night. I don't know what the deal is anymore, but uh, he won't leave his home. Weren't out for his arrest. L- little joke in here. He'll still find a job in the NFL before Will Fuller. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this might be the final nail in this coffin. But we've we've said that enough times with AB that he just seems like he has unlimited lives at this point. But <laughs> um, 
I read some of the story. It seemed said like it was a domestic violence sort of issue, but he threw a shoe at maybe his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend and it hit her ponytail. They were very specific about it. It only hit her ponytail. And uh, then, yeah, the police came and he wouldn't leave his house and he barricaded himself in or whatever it was. I'm like, I, when is this guy just going to go away? Like, we don't want to, I don't want to hear about you. I don't care about you. Stop hitting women. Stop being a piece of shit. And just like, dude, Go fade into the mist like every other ex NFL player does. Just stop popping up in the news. He's the Kanye of the NFL. <laughs> That's honestly exactly what it is. That's the perfect comparison. Crazy son of a bitch. All right. Just absolutely deranged. Injuries. Travis Etienne still questionable, but seems like he's going to play. He could have played last week, I guess, but they just pulled him off for precautionary reasons. But he's, um, he's going to go. And if he goes, you're going to play him. Uh, Raheem Mostert's active for Sunday off the injury report after missing week 13. Uh, big revenge game for Mostert, Jeff Wilson against the Niners. Yeah, and so. I mean, kind of not really a revenge thing for the coach McDaniel, but um, prove kinda, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yep. yeah sh- show him what he can do. Yep. Uh, Mike Williams ruled out again. I don't think we're surprised of, about this. Um, piece of shit this guy is. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just dude, he's out the whole time. Goes out, catches one ball, gets Wasted hurt again. Season. Yeah, this for is Mike Williams. Both him and Keenan Allen so, so far. Uh, Kadarius Tony's out. Um, hamstring injury. No, no surprise there. I think Juju practicing full, so he's gonna play there. Fournette um, is back at practice. He should play Sunday, which of course clouds the Rashad White um, hype. Even though, and it's a tough matchup too. So. Maybe uh, fade the Bucks running backs this week. Antonio Gibson missed Thursday. He returned Friday, but it's a big question uh, tag with a foot injury. Yeah, I just think he's if he's dinged up at all, what we saw Brian Robinson do last week gives me a lot of hesitation to play him, um, even in a plus matchup. Well, I don't know if it's a plus matchup, but in uh, a, yeah, it's yeah, I would say pretty good. It's plus ish, but in any case, if he's hurt, Brian Robinson isn't. Um, even with J.D. McKissick heading to IR, he's just not somebody I'm going to put a ton of faith in if he's nursing anything. Because we saw even last year when he had the the shin splint um, consistent injury, he would go out, play a few snaps, and then rest or you know take a drive off and yep. miss a lot of production. So if you're going to start dealing with that again in any capacity, I would I would recommend avoiding him. Like for example, I was sitting Chris Godwin in a league and I had Antonio Gibson at my flex. Even against New Orleans, I'm probably going to end up having to put Godwin in just for safety. I mean, I, I would rather get a zero out of Godwin than get a zero out of Antonio Gibson when I anticipated it from one of them. Yeah, but Godwin's a good play this week. It's Mike Evans versus Lattimore. He did, That's, you can't start yeah. Evans against him. Yeah, he's my he'll, he'll get, he'll get <laughs> kicked out. Um, uh, Darius Slayton and Richie James for the Giants are both questionable, whatever. Which just leaves them with no pass catchers. It's Kenny Galladay might be the only guy out there, which is a gross prospect. Yeah, well, I, uh, he just got upgraded to a like a new wheelchair um, <laughs> from the trainer, so I, I think he might be able to get some targets in that game. He's got a turbo on it. Yep. Uh, Debo's still dealing with a quad injury. Live practice Friday. Not a good sign. I mean, he's been, you can argue, the bust of the, of the season, I think, um, for wide receivers, so... I mean, ever since CMC got there, I don't think we've even had a. Oh no, he had one good game, but I mean, he's getting but he's like buoyed by a touchdown. Like again, 
you know, did he really have a great game? Yeah. Big rushing touchdown was a lot of those points. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I call him the bust of the season, but from what you expected out of him. Yeah. He's 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 up there. Wide receiver 23. Yeah. You threw hope and top 10. So not bust, but yeah. um, But I mean, with Elijah Mitchell out, he might be lean on more, but quad injuries is pretty scary. You're not, you're, you're never going to sit him. So, and, and his quad injury may, lend more credence to the Jordan Mason news as well. I mean, if it's not, if it, yep. it's not going to be a hundred percent CMC and if it's not going to be Debo, somebody's going to do it. And whether it's Mason or a mixture of the other guys we listed earlier, it's, I guess it does make a little bit of sense, but yeah, if he's, if he's active, he's out there, he probably plays, but Ayuk has been the receiver to to own there lately. Yeah. He's had a fantastic year. It's not going to be, um, that guy's name, Trey Sermon. Right. I'll tell Definitely you that. not Trey Sermon. All right. Um, Trevor Simeon's out for the year. Um, for you Simeon fans out there, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm even more sorry that Nathan Peterman still has a job in the NFL. Yeah, I only put this. <laughs> I only put this out here uh, in case you were holding one of them as a Fields owner. It's kind of just like if Fields doesn't play, go to another team. You don't need to play Nathan Peterman or Trevor Simeon, really, for that matter. But hmm. um, Fields is also healthy, full participant in practice, so he should be on the field. Yep, it's huge. Uh, Brennan Cooks is out. I don't even know what the injury is. It's probably the same, but it's one of those. You might just see him out for the rest of the year, which sucks yeah. for a lot of my fucking leagues. But his injury is he plays for the Houston Texans. Uh, he's <laughs> yep. pissed about it. I mean, it d- didn't seem serious, so that's why I kind of lean that it's one of those just um, yeah. half injury. All right, come on. Um, KJ Hamler's out, Jerry, Judy, and Sutton are both questionable. I think Judy practiced today. Yeah, first time he practiced today uh, since week 10. So that's a good step in the right direction. Who knows if he gets on the field? Who knows what he produces? Russell. He's also on the Broncos, too. So that, yeah, it's a huge downgrade. (laughs) Yep. In better news, Jamar Chase looks like he's going to suit up. This is fantastic for fantasy playoffs implications. If you had him on your team, held him, now's the time. I mean, he he almost played last week. It was kind of shocking that he didn't play. So you expect him to play this week. Um, and then Joe Mixon is still in concussion protocol, but has practiced in full. Yeah, the week. I, I saw he practiced at least once. I thought twice, and then I read today that he's still in protocol. So I don't know. Yeah, I know. but yeah, you could practice in full and still be in protocol. Pretty much, he's going to clear it on Saturday. Yeah. That's what I like. You'll probably get that news midday tomorrow. So Mm -hmm. keep your eyes peeled. Yep. Uh, Najee Harris says he will play against Atlanta, which is even more cloudy because I think he's still banged up. Is it going to be limited? Jalen Warren's active. Benny Snell looked decent last game. McFarland was fine. McFarland looked decent. So it might be a real cluster F there. Yeah. And, and Warren dealing that hamstring injury. Like you want, you wish that Najee just said, Hey, I'm out. And Warren said, Hey, I'm a full go. But even with that hammy, Know, it's one run aggravated he's out then yep. you're you're dealing with two zeros and you're like god damn so uh hopefully Najee's fine it seemed like he dodged a bullet <laughs> dodged a major injury mm-hmm. um for if anybody was unclear on that uh major injury was avoided yeah not a bolt like brand robinson uh david Njoku is out this week uh not great for deshaun watson's debut not great for me in my tight end sit so now i have to find another one. Oh shit that's right yeah uh, Michael, Michael Carter is doubtful for this week. Um, Knight, I guess, is the guy to start there over Ty Johnson, unless James Robinson's active. 
Yeah, uh, Salah came out and said that we have not seen the last of James Robinson. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Can you starting on Sunday? Because I don't know. Um, if Carter doesn't go, it, it's really a toss-up. I guess I would I would lean Knight as well. Um, I wouldn't be too faithful in it, though, because James Robinson, could it could be a hot hand situation if Robinson's active. Uh, Ty Johnson, again, will continue to be a thorn in everybody's side. Who he'll, he'll yep. get, you know, a few carries and, and, and limit the production of somebody else. So uh, I think if Carter doesn't go, Knight's the guy. Outside of that, I'd avoid the backfield. Um, yes, I, I, I think Knight is the one you can toss yeah. in for a desperation flex, but that's about it's, it. It's almost, to me, it's not even like a fantasy football playable backfield right now it's like uh would i take a flyer on one of these guys in like dfs um that like DraftKings or something yeah, like save that. a bunch of money yeah. but like right 3600 bucks probably yep exactly yeah, yeah. If you can get knight sub four thousand i'd play him in a lot of uh dk lineups yep i want to hammer out starts sets and sleepers so we can get some uh book burner picks so Baldy can get his uh w- whistle wet i guess as the kids <laughs> say this these days no the kids say slay right is that a is that a thing the kids say? Slay. I'm, I'm not a kid, so I don't. I, no, 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 no. Yeah, you know, but you go to kid parties, all right? Okay, yeah, go to <laughs> kid parties. You... No, no. I, I, I heard. I think my niece said it's like slay. I'm like, wait, what did you say? Like slay. I'm like, slay. Since, so someone's like, oh, that, 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 that's a good saying. I'm like, oh, that's not how we say it. Like that's not like, yeah, slay yeah. Is, a, is a college term. <laughs> it took me like, yeah. Three months to catch on to bet. So I mean, yeah, I still don't get I it. I just say it all that. the time. Bet, bet, bet. Yeah, it was that Madeline we joined. I hear like, you. What's bet mean? You're like, dude, just don't worry about it. I'm like, okay, just, just ignore it. They're, they're fourteen. <laughs> they're fourteen. <laughs> yeah, and they're kicking your ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't true. need to know what it means. Just go lose the Madden. <laughs> bet means good. I'm like, so they can't just say good. Well, bet's three. I know. Letters. I don't understand good's four. the, the bet thing. I, I just like, know hey, I'm getting you, old. You That's all I know. You like, 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 hey, let's go, let's go play around a golf, and some kids like, all right, bet, bet, like bet what? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, what do you want to? Yeah, you you probably get all like riled up. Like, what do you want to bet? I'll bet anything. I'll bet. What are you talking about? I'll bet. <laughs> I mean, like, look back in the day with like you and Cujo doing like un and that stuff. You guys be legends right now. <laughs> if, if you were kids, this this is like, dude, this guy said un. That's unreal. No, it's un. It's not I, real. That's I, un. Say, I I use abbreviations. I still say like. Perf. I don't say it out loud though. I just put it like <laughs> I, I use all my like I use all those like acronyms in uh in texting. Well yeah, you got oh, that yeah, saves so yeah. much time. Plus oh, I can't yeah, hit I all the buttons. It. I can't even read it anymore. Try to get it as close as I can. I hope you guys aren't like, what did he just say? Is Dallas having a stroke? <laughs> the, yeah. There's times like don't worry that the phone got and the phone's like, dude, you're you're yeah, dumb. The phone's <laughs> like, I had no idea what you were trying to say. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm pretty good at this too, but all right, let's hammer out our starts and sits. All right. My start of the week is Garrett Wilson. Um, I don't know. I just, I liked Garrett Wilson as he came into the league the first couple of weeks. It seemed like he had a really good handle on, on the uh, Jets offense. He had a really good role there as well. And it seemed like he was producing at a high level. Then enter not his brother, but Zach Wilson, who has since been relieved of his duties. And let's see weeks three, four, five, six, seven. He sucked. Garrett Wilson did. And those are all weeks that Zach Wilson was the quarterback. Uh, now immediately Mike, Mike White steps in and he posts a 22 point game, 20, oh, 23 point game, uh, eight targets, five catches, 95 yards and two touchdowns. Now, do I think he's going to consistently have two touchdowns? Probably not, but if you can have eight to 10 targets going his way, uh, you know, close in on a hundred yards each week, 
that's a, that's a hit. I mean, that's, that's a 12 to 14 point game. So if he happens to punch in the touchdown, great. There's another six points. You're looking at an 18 point week. I think all of that is very, not easily accomplished, but it's very accomplishable against the Vikings defense this week who let Mac Jones, who apparently sucks, uh, dice him up for a bunch of yardage. So we take a Jets offense that appears to be clicking a, a lot better than the Pats offense playing against the same defense that really hasn't stopped anybody this year. I think the, the upside is very clear. He is good. He's a good uh, player of the football. Good catcher of the football yep. and a good runner of it. Yep. My start of the week was my sleeper of the week. Last week, Kyron Williams, uh, Los Angeles Rams running back. K-Makers is there. K-Makers, what's that word? Sucks. Kind of <laughs> sucks. He's not on. He's not bet. But Kyron has seen his snap count has gone up since he's been back. Week 10 was 27%. Now week 12 last week was 70%. Uh, his carries have gone up. His receptions have gone up every single week. He's a pass catching back there. His team's horrible. Uh, Wolford's going to start this week against Seattle. Ew. But that just means a lot more dump offs too. Uh, Seattle's given up at least, I think, six receptions a game to running backs and the third most fantasy points to opposing RBs. And I mean, it's just clear that Kyron is the guy to own. There is the guy they want to look at. They suck this year going nowhere. Why not try to, you know, see what you have? Cause acres isn't the answer. He's gone. So I think this is the week he can get you at least 10 points. I hope you're right. Cause they got to figure out somebody, some plan for the future. Um, yeah. Well, eh. What a Super Bowl hangover that fucking team is. They are. I saw a stat the other day. They're on pace to have the worst record of all time of any Super Bowl defending team. Yep. Um, worse yeah, than the Giants, then. Yeah. 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 So pretty bad. Pretty gross. Yep. Uh, I'll go right into my sit, though. Uh, Jeff Wilson was a lot of our starts. Um, last week, he had a great matchup. He did okay. Last week, I think he'd be in the smash spot, but they were up by so much so early that they kind of just like, hey, don't play that much. But San Fran, we saw them shut down Kamara last week. Wilson's not Kamara. Mostert's going to play this week. So you know Mostert's going to get at least five carries there. Um, And with them being down too, I would assume they're probably not down. It's probably closer game, but more of like a Tyreek Hill uh Jalen Waddle game that we've seen in the past. So I think Jeff Wilson won't surpass 10 points, might even be one of those like four to five point duds. So if you can sit him, sit him, even though if it's a revenge game. Yeah, the San Fran defense is just too elite um, to, to rely on really anybody. Well, especially since Nick Bose has been back, it's been so hard to r- run against them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for my sit, I'm taking Mike Evans. We kind of touched on this earlier, but he's facing Marshawn Lattimore. The two of them have some sort of blood feud uh, going on between the, between them. And he's been tossed out of too many games to trust. There's always a chance that happens again. Uh, but even if it doesn't, the last three games, he's failed to go into double digits. He's failed to score over eight points in the last three games. And in two of those games, he has nine targets and 11 targets. So it's not like he's not involved. He's just not getting the ball thrown in a catchable area for him, which is a lot of pass interference too, but well, yeah, that's uh, yeah, his role. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, it just it's unfortunate to see the the Bucks offense looking as disjointed as it does, but it's the world that we live in. And the New Orleans defense isn't gonna allow 
anything more than the Cleveland, Seattle, and uh, LA Rams defenses have allowed the last three weeks. So uh, he's a guy I just want to avoid altogether, whether it was for recent production or the matchup he's facing this week. I think the two of them combined just, just make it almost too easy to sit him. Godwin's the guy you play this week. Uh, that's probably really it. Like we talked about, Lenny coming back limits Rashad White. The, pat, the running game is going to be probably erased. I just, I don't know. I don't want to touch a lot of bucks in this in this one. Yep, I agree. I traded Evans to Baldy two weeks ago. Um, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think sorry. he did as bad. I was trying to trade you a first for him, so I was, I was in the same me, boat. Yeah, true. Buy me, buy me a beer if you win the championship. Deal. Deal. <laughs> Um, my sleeper of the week is Marvin Jones because why the hell not? It's more because in one of my leagues, I Brandon Cooks in a 14 team league, he's not playing, so I had to play Marvin Jones. Hey, he caught a touchdown pass last week, only three targets. But Detroit's a very easy matchup. Uh, Zay Jones blew up last week, which means Zay Jones will not blow up this week. So instead, it's gonna be Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones. So Marvin Jones, get me you know 45 yards, three catches, and a touchdown. I just I knew that you would find a way to get Marvin Jones into your lineup. I just I, I had it. I knew it in, in my heart of hearts. I was like Scott loves Marvin Jones. He will be on. He'll be he'll be somewhere in your start sits this week. And yep. I don't blame you. Um, I got Drake London as my sleeper. Uh, I just think the the matchup with Pittsburgh is kind of one that's tough to avoid. I mean, Drake London has struggled, I mean, for several weeks in a row. I mean, maybe even more than several. He had the flashing, uh, the flash in a pan against Carolina. But besides that, it would be eight straight weeks of single digit points. But matching up with Pittsburgh, who allows the most points on the year to the wide receiver position, is just too juicy of a matchup, even with London and Mariota not quite on the same page. Um, Kyle Pitts no longer in the offense, maybe helps, maybe hurts. Who's to say? But what I do know that hurts is on Monday Night Football this past week, Pittsburgh lost another. You're cutting so, out again. League, league worst pass defense. So, son of a bitch, I'm making great points. Um, yeah, but no, no, Pittsburgh's defense is bad. They lost another corner on Monday Night Football. Drake London should be able to at least make an impact in the red zone if they can get down there and hopefully find uh, some sort of rhythm with Marks Marota for the first time since week two. All right, there you have it. Starts at sleepers. Baldy, got any uh, book burner picks or book burner stats on, on the year? Uh, stats. I don't have stats in front of me. So yeah, I'm a little Jeff, out of pocket here on the road. True. Um, my my NFL bets aren't great, so my stats aren't aren't great. So I do have a few bets for the burners this week. Um, ones from Jeff, and then a few others that I that I've been looking at and, and eyeing this week. Uh, there's some good lines out there. I actually like a lot of games this week. You know, last week the lines were tough. Sometimes you get into those weeks and you look at the matchups, you look at the lines, you're like, ah, I don't really like anything. This week, I just see a lot of lines I like. So we'll start it off with the Giants and the Commanders. The Giants are at home facing Washington. Giants are plus two. Jeff really likes Giants in this game. I think he's got more of a gut play on it just as to as a whole and what what he thinks probably Dayball can do and turn that that team around and what he's done to turn that team around because if you go off recency 
you can tell you can see why the commanders are two point favorites on the road i mean they've won five out of their last six games the giants on the other hand are kind of going in the opposite direction they've lost three of their last four games uh, albeit fairly close ones other than the detroit game they're just kind of lost that clicking motion that's probably why they're they're two point underdogs but jeff likes them to bounce back this week likes them at home thinks they're a good play at plus two so take a look at that game as well some of the others that I that I like are a Deshaun Watson led Browns team going into Houston. I know the Browns aren't great, but Deshaun Watson is way better than Jacoby Brissett. And if I had to ask you guys, right, I don't know if you know what the line is, but if I had to ask you, Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, and they're playing at Houston, what do you think that line would be? Uh, probably over under, probably like forty one. No, 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 not the over-under. Like, what do you think that the spread would be? I'm not sure. Seven? So it's seven right now. Oh. So I, I, I would I have mean, thought that the Houston's Browns... Bad. I, I, would, <laughs> I know. And I would have... And Cleveland can run the ball. And they're not yeah. awful with, with Brissett. I mean, they were in, they've lost games, obviously, but they've been in games as well. So yep. I would have thought with Watson coming back, it's an immediate upgrade. He's been practicing. He's been playing. They're minus seven on the road at, at Houston. I love that. I think they're going to win at least by 10 points. So that's that's an easy cover. And they could win by 20 points. Who the hell knows? Um, the other one I like, so there's a couple other ones I like. Honestly, there's, there's a lot of good games. Um, Green Bay is a little dicey one, to be quite honest with you. I, I, it's, it's that Rodgers factor. Both teams are kind of struggling. Packers, four wins. Bears, three wins. Packers beat them by 17 points at home earlier this year. If there's a game that Rodgers wants to win for the rest of this year, it's going to be against the Bears. The guy wants to continue to own them. Packers are minus three and a half point favorites at Chicago. I know Fields is probably playing, but you got to like the Packers in that one. The other two I like are, uh, are home, home dogs. Enough, One is the Lions. Um, the Lions have been playing good football. Uh, I know, you know, they, they, they've lost a few games here lately, but they won three in a row. And the games that they've lost have been to really good football teams and close games. So if you think about it, right, they, they, they lost to Buffalo last week, three-point loss. The only real bad loss they had was um, a three-game stretch with, when it was at New England, at Dallas, and then against Miami. Other than that, they've lost by three points to Philly, four points to Minnesota, three points to Seattle, beat Green Bay, three points to Buffalo. Those are some of the better teams in the NFL. Jacksonville, on the other hand, is very, very inconsistent. Um, they're not good on the road. Their three of their four wins have come at home. And their only win on the road was against the Chargers, who are just, as we all know, just a very streaky and inconsistent football team. So I like Detroit plus one in this game at home. Give me the Lions. Um, like Seattle on the road, minus seven. I just think the Rams stink. <laughs> a lot to play for. Rams are packing it in. They've won three games. That's plenty enough for them. They're, they're in a sitting position. everyone. They're sitting everybody. They got, you know, who knows, some D3 quarterback from Vermont playing for them. So you, you have no idea, who, <laughs> you know, if they're going to get killed. I, I like Seattle minus seven. I don't even know why that's only seven, probably because they have kind of slowed down a little bit. The, yeah, the I'm Seahawks, shocked that, that is. Low. But yeah, me too. I, I don't I don't really understand it. Um, the other one to watch out for, I think uh, Atlanta plus one at home. It's actually a, a plus 100 odds. I'm sorry, minus one at home versus Pittsburgh, plus 100 odds. I know it could go either way, but Atlanta at home, that's a flyer pick, not one I love. 
I'd say the ones that we love the most really are um, the Giants. Jeff loves the Giants. Cleveland, Detroit are my three favorites um, with the Packers kind of coming in there in the, in the second tier there. So a lot of good games on the docket. Um, you want to get you want to get risque with your money. Could go throw a little change on the Broncos plus oh, nine yeah. and a half. The, Ra- the Ravens aren't great at covering. The Broncos lose games, but they, they play them tight. They have a really good defense. All right. Well, there you have it. We'll we'll get the book printers out there Sunday morning, like always, with all their picks. Um, but that will do it for the podcast, I think. Um, so for me, Baldy, enjoy tonight. I don't know what you're doing tonight. You're going out? Yeah, I'm gonna go out after this. I'm gonna go probably down to the gas lamp district. It's the downtown area and get some food. Hit the bars up and we'll see what the the nightlife's like out here in uh what they call what do they call it a, a whale's vagina right so Ron Burgundy said <laughs> yes, that's San right. Diego that, that is correct <laughs> at first I'm like does he actually know it no <laughs> agree to disagree yeah alright um, oh Baldy thanks for joining us Dallas of course thank you like always um, that's Talk Show Fantasy week 13 coming out yes stay fluid stay loose <laughs>